Thank you, Brother John. Thank all of you for being here this evening. We're looking for always look forward to for a blessing when we assemble together to worship the Lord. And uh, this evening, I will look at a familiar passage of Scripture to most of us, and we've heard it, this passage. We're in the book of Galatians, chapter 6. I'd like to use it by outline, verse 9, though. <clears throat> verse 9 there, because... Uh, I think we all need encouraging in the Lord, and occasionally we feel a little bit weary, a little bit tired, but uh, those things don't slow us down, do they? We just keep on going on and praising the Lord for what he's doing in our lives. So uh, let me, I'll, I'll, I'll just read the verses one through there, because all of them are a blessing, starting with verse 1 of chapter 6 of Galatians. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such and one, restore such and one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think, him, think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Let's have a word of prayer. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we do love you and thank you, Lord, for this time we assemble together to worship you. We thank you for the prayer time of Brother Henry, Father, and pray that you'll uh, minister in all the needs there and the rejoicing and how graciously and wonderfully you're working in little Stone's life and in these many that have had improvements. We would ask, Lord, that you would continue to bless. And here this evening, Lord, that you will just encourage us each and every one from your word, that you'll use your word, Lord, as a strengthening each one of us, Lord, and help us to look forward to that day that one day we'll see you face to face there in glory. We ask you to bless. Pray, pray that God the Holy Spirit would minister in each of our lives and help and direct me this evening. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, I was. Uh, I wanted to tell lots of stories and things about what happened in England this last uh, time we were there. But um, I've got some, looking at some other things. Uh, abounding in the Lord is what I like the idea of abounding in the Lord. For He's the one that is our strength. He's the one our guide, and He's the one that accomplishes things in each and all of our lives. And you know, because He has given us the greatest message for the world. This is the thing that we need to realize. We have the greatest message for the world. We have the message that the world cannot live without. They just don't seem to want to listen, do they? But the thing is, we have that wondrous message that is for all the world. I've just looked at a, like a few verses down. Love, for everyone would love to be loved, cared for. And, uh, and John three sixteen, for God so loved 
And let's remember that God so loved. We think of God creating each and every one of men and women all down through the beginning. God loves each and every one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son the very best. Nothing better. The only one that could accomplish forgiveness, paying for our sin debt. His begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And this perish, we know to perish, if we're not going to heaven, we're going to hell. So God has accomplished all of this. We were uh, a museum the other day, and they were describing just what the Lord went through for each and every one of us there on the cross. To hear how it's just step by step what all happened and how it just humbled us each and every one, realizing how much he loved us, cared for us, what he has done and accomplished for us, we begin to understand a little more of what the love of God is all about. And then uh, we have the message the world cannot live without insecurity. We all like to feel secure. And uh, in 1 John 5, 13, he reminds us, these things have I written unto you that Believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know. And this is the wonderful. I love the verses. That ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. So we've got the love of God. There's the secure. We're secure in the Lord. No matter what should happen to us or what a long life's journey, what should happen, we're secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. A home has been prepared for us in heaven. And to be with our Savior, the one that loves us and died for us and cares so much for us. And uh, redemption, that we have been redeemed in John 19, 28 at the crucifixion. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. In verse 30, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. All had been fulfilled. Christ had come. He had taught, shown mankind how to live a life. And also he said, now I can prepare you for heaven. For there's only one way you can go to heaven, and that's through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that has accomplished all of this. So when we think that we are abounding in the Lord, but what about the victory? I like that word victory. And so when we look at it, he's given us love, security, redemption, and victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. Giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is that victory? The victory over sin, death, and hell. All has been prepared for us. And this is the message. And many times we go out to talk with people and we say, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Well, you have within your heart, through knowing Christ as Savior, through your testimony, you know the love of Christ. You know of the security you have in Christ. You know the redemption that has been paid for for you and for the victory. And this is we always say, well, that's complete. Yes, we should be complete in the Lord for what he has done. So we have a wondrous opportunity, as it said there in verse 10. And we have, therefore, opportunity. And this is the thing is we have opportunity. 
He said, well, I know I'm supposed to do this. It's like I talked to a man. He said, you Christians, you have to live by this bunch of rules and regulations. I said, uh, you'll just have to pardon me. I don't understand what you're saying. He said, well, you know, uh, you're not to kill. You're not to steal. And I said, so you want to do those things? He said, uh, well, no. I said, well, I have no desire at all want to do them. They're not rules and regulations for me. There must be guidelines for you then. So the thing is, the Lord is the one that has does a work in each and all of our lives. He gives us the word. Now me, I like to talk to people about the things of the Lord. I just have an enjoyable time. And sometimes, as my wife says, yes, you talk an awful lot. Now, I'm, I'll apologize for that. I'll try not to go too long tonight because we've got to take the bus children home, don't we? But there was, with this summertime when we were in England, there were a bunch of Chinese people in the church and Romanian people. This one uh, Chinese lady, Zoe, she had come from uh, Hong Kong, China. They're not treated very well there in that part of China, and so have the rights to go to uh, the UK and to settle there. So she'd been there about two months. You could understand maybe half of what I said. I would get up to speak, and her question was, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And she's sitting there about middle ways in the service, and she it's just like she's trying to draw everything out and trying to understand everything she can. I thought, probably maybe 50% she understands. And so then after that, the uh, Romanian lady named Nellie, she made sure we all had a meal. Of course, there's only about, what, 20 people average, maybe 23, 4. And uh, so Nellie always made sure we had a meal after the service. So we're sitting there. Well, there's another Chinese lady who can speak uh, English quite well. Her name's Grace. And I'll tell you another story about Grace a bit. But Grace said, she says, Pastor, she says, Pastor, um, Zoe wants to know who is Jesus. I said, well, yes, she says. So after the service, when we're eating, she says, I tell Zoe what you speak about in the service. I said, well, thank you so much, Grace. I thought the names of some people just fit them just entirely. There are other, other different uh, things. I'll tell you another story about Grace and her dad in a few minutes. But we begin to realize, let us not be weary and well-doing. These are the wonderful blessings that we get to share. You say, well, that's simple. Just tell them who Jesus is. But the thing is, do we do it very often? Or we say, well, I'm just too tired. It's like a man, a uh, friend of ours in England, he, would, he dressed up like the old monks and uh, the Lollards, really. And uh, so he would go to some of the priests in the Church of England. He would say, uh, uh, could you tell me what salvation is? Uh, uh, I, I'm not on duty right now. I, I don't talk about that. And uh, so he would go to others and he would say, uh, well, uh, do you know what John 3.16 says? Well, uh, uh, right now, I don't have my Bible with me. And he would go to other people, usually the priests and the, the vicars, as they call them in England. Uh, he would go and ask them, so I don't have that. So it's like being, well, I don't have time for you. And this is the way that people realize, well, these so-called Christians that so-called have all the answers, they just don't have time for me. They don't have time. They won't even tell me who Jesus is. They won't tell me the answers to scriptural, scripture. And this, but uh, the Lord says, well, it's not to be weary. Let's don't get weary. You say, yes, but Glenn, I'm older than you. And I know there's a couple of you here older than me. Not very many, I guarantee that. But, 
let's not get weary in well-doing. You say, oh, I'm just too tired. I just can't do this. But it's wonderful we're here in the services, aren't we? And you know that song, we're not weary in well-doing, are we? Because we're here. We want to meet together because you all are a blessing to me and you're a blessing to one another. The time of fellowship, the time of encouragement we have and as we can look into God's word together. So let us not be weary in well-doing. And Paul again writes in 2 Thessalonians 3.13, But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. He's emphasizing this. Let's not let it wear us down. Let's be refreshed in the word of God. How are we going to be refreshed? Who is going to refresh me? Well, God says, I've given you my completed word. Uh, and if you need somebody, I'll send somebody about to talk to you. Or you've got a pastor who preaches the word of God directly and truly. He says, uh, what more do you need? And uh, I know... Uh, we feel like, let's, let's just keep going on. I just enjoy so much talking to people. And as these, some of these previous verses here in chapter 6, you know, when people have burdens, they're burdened down. Because we all can refer to a time in our life when we were burdened down. We didn't think we could go, but how that God uplifted us. Or maybe someone said the proper word. I remember Russ uh, Iverson in England. He said, Glenn, when we were leaving in 16, he said, uh, he says, Glenn, and I had never known this. He said, you said a word when you spoke at one of the meetings. He said, and that kept me in England. And when we were back this time, I spoke to Russ and Faye Iverson too. And he says, that kept us in England. So, you know, we never know what's going to be said or who we're going to be talking with that's going to uplift us, to encourage us. So, hey, that weariness just flows away. And we are ready to go in, in, the, in the strength of the Lord. And also in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, a wonderful passage of Scripture. I like these words. Therefore, my beloved brethren, therefore, my beloved brethren, we had a missionary to Japan who served in England for 10 years, and he said, my beloved. He always addressed people as beloved. My, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. What do you know of salvation? What do we know of salvation? And he says, stand fast in your salvation. Stand fast in your testimony. Stand fast in who you are in Christ Jesus. And unmovable. When you hear people say, oh, baby, they kind of believe it and look at it this way. They kind of believe it and look at it that way. Uh, I, I'm not real sure. He says, no, let's, let's don't be wishy-washy. Let's say, this is what God's word says. I'm going to stand there, I'm going to stand fast, I'm going to be unmovable, because that's what God has done in my life. Otherwise, they'll try to convince you of things, and maybe then you'll get a little bit wondering about your salvation. We don't want that. We want to stand fast in the word of God, be unmoving, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And you say, well, I've got other work. I know we've all had jobs and things like this, and we've done all sorts of different things and God is continuing to use us. We're here this evening. Each one that's here, they are doing a job. They're doing God's work tonight. He says, no, I'm just sitting here, Glenn. I'm listening. No, you are a fellowship. You're an encouragement. You're a strength to those sitting around you, to each and every one. And you need to realize that now. Are you worn out by doing that? No, you're enjoying it. 
you come together and we're looking at God's word together. <clears throat> Always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as ye know. Here it is. Ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. This is the thing. Vain means empty. Our labor, our work, our opportunity, as I like to call it, because people respond better to opportunity than they do to work, I understand. And so we have that wondrous opportunity in the Lord to go forth, to be encouraged, and to see and not get weary. I know when this last time we got, oh, we're going to England, I thought, well, you know, we're getting a little long in the tooth, but we had one of the most wonderful times. Three months there, we just had a, a blessed time. The people were very gracious, uh, and they had a lovely testimony there themselves. And we thought, Lord, we are blessed to be able to go. So why even think about being weary? This is it, the opportunities. When you speak to someone, you be an encouragement. When you listen to someone's difficulties, their problems, you begin to realize they've all of a sudden taken a, a breath. And you've kind of helped helped lighten their load. You may never have said anything. I've been talking to a number of people and just listen and listen and listen. And you know what they say? Oh, thank you so much for helping me. I can't remember saying one word at those times. But how that it's helping because we're abounding in what God has for us. He's the one that's doing the work. He's the one that uh, blesses and encourages us. So let us not be weary in well-doing. And I told you I was going to tell you about Grace. I can't remember what Grace's last name is, but she's got a, she's got a little six-year-old uh, daughter, uh, Charmaine. And uh, Charmaine, her, the grandmother lives with them too. And Charmaine, she said, Pastor, I, I teach grandmother English. I thought, that is so sweet because, you know, they're taking the opportunity to be a help, to be an encouragement there too. But Grace heard that her father in, in Malaysia, and we're in England, and said, my father, in, I heard my, my father in England, he has uh, bleeding inside in the hospital and they can't do anything for him. So they're going to move him to another hospital. But she said, uh, they always they would call you pastor. I guess it's easier to remember pastor than it is your name. And so she said, Pastor, uh, my daddy said there is a God. Now, I don't know if they had been under Confucianism or just which religion they had been brought up in, but she said, my dad said there is a God. So what does Grace do? She does like Grace would normally do. She gets her a Chinese Bible, actually Chinese New Testament. She gets on an airplane in London and flies to Malaysia. Now, if you don't know what, Malaysia is in the Orient. That's halfway around the world because she's heard that someone, and her father, needs to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And so she took that. And uh, so we, we waited. She was gone a month. And we waited when, when uh, Grace came back. I, I said, Grace, uh, how is your father doing? Oh, he's much better. He's out of hospital now. I said, oh, very good. I said, well, uh, did he read? He says, yes, he started reading in the first pages, and he started reading, but he lazy. I said, he lazy? She said, yes, now he listens to preachers on Internet. I said, well, okay, that's wonderful. But you began to, we began to see God works in wondrous ways, doesn't he? She could have said, oh, that's a long ways away. And my dad, hopefully he'll 
somebody else will talk to him. But no, as grace works, grace went. She, at her own expense, and she, I'm not, she's not a wealthy lady, she does nails. And it's not the nails that you hammer into the wood. When I saw those, those uh, signs, nails, I thought, what have they got any eight-penny nails or any ten-penny nails? And somebody said, what are you talking about? I said, well, it says nails. But anyway, now I know it's not those kind of nails. But, uh, but it says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. And, you know, we think reaping, we think, well, farmers, don't we? Reaping the crops and things, and we've had some, I must say, our garden has done quite well, even though we were away for a big part of it, but it's, uh, it's still doing quite well. And, but for in due season we shall reap. James 5, 7 and 8 says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. This patient, I think long-suffering is a good word I like in the Bible because patience for me sometimes is long-suffering. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold the husbandman. The husbandman is the farmer, the term for farmer. Behold the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and the latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth near. And he's like, what is the former and the latter rain? Well, when you plant something, it's nice to have a little bit of rain, isn't it, after you put the seeds in the ground to get them started, to germinate. And then, of course, that before you reap, and all, it'd be so nice if they're in the best condition so you have the rain there before you reap the crops so, few weeks, and then uh, you have a plentiful harvest. And that's what God is wanting us to, to, to be realized. Be patient. Be patient in the Lord. For he's the one that's going to accomplish these things. He's the one that does all of the work. He's the one that uh, we receive the benefits from. And you know, each day we get closer to that day that we'll meet the Lord face to face. What a wonder, we, you know, we have so much to look forward to. And the world, what do you think the world is looking forward to? What are they looking forward to? I keep wondering, what are the people without the Lord Jesus Christ looking for? Are they believing in some person? Now, I hope that person was right and never knowing for sure. When we have the opportunity, we have the message to give them. And it's not complicated. And it's sure and it's true. And uh, it's there. We had one of our young ladies in, in England, Samantha Beck. Uh, she felt called to go to uh, uh, Switzerland with Child Evangelism Fellowship. So she spent three years there in, uh, in Switzerland with Child Evangelism Fellowship. And it's wonderful to see different ones in the ministry. They're just get up and go. Last weekend, we were listening to the service there in England. Darren Reeves, by the way, Darren Reeves, the pastor there is, Having surgery will be out for six weeks, so who's going to speak for him? Well, Johnny McGeorge. Johnny McGeorge is one of our Sunday school boys, and he's about 28, 27, 28 now. Got, he's married and got two little children. And uh, so we heard Johnny get up and speak. 
last Sunday morning. They're five hours ahead of us, so I can hear them before we come to church. And uh, I thought, isn't it wonderful to see what God is doing, what he's accomplishing, not what we're accomplishing, but what he's accomplishing. And then, of course, the younger brother, Daniel McGeorge, he's a twin. Uh, Daniel's, and he married Lucy from down under, Australia. It's actually, it's, it's an island off of Australia. It's, it's, it's a, there was some kind of a cartoon character, devil, something devil. He was from there. Yeah, trans, yeah, that's it. And so uh, I thought, and she hey, married Lucy. We were, went met Lucy for the first time too. Lovely young lady. She spent three years previous to that teaching in Moldova. Daniel had been to Moldova, got some training, and now he's, they will have been there about five weeks now doing mission work in Moldova, too. Moldova, as you probably know, is right on the border of Russia. And, uh, but they continue, they're having great ministries there, great, wonderful things are happening. So I thought, you know, it's uh, in due season we shall reap. This is a, sometimes, I think of uh, some of you that are pastors, some of you been doing mission work and all of this, and others been out talking to people. We may never know here on this side of glory until we meet the Lord there at the judgment seat of Christ of just who has listened, who has responded to the word of God. It's wonderful is to be able to just take the word of God Sometimes we try to do it in our own strength. You know, I can't save anyone from from hell, but the Lord can. And the thing is, we have that wonderful opportunity. As long as we don't get weary and kind of give up and say, you know, I'm past my uh, sell-by date, and uh, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. But the wonderful thing is, we're all here. We're able to do that. When I see them on the buses, we help like to ride on the buses too. And those young people, yes, they're a little bit rambunctious. But to be able to sit there with them and talk with them and uh, be there with them, what a blessing that is. We all have an opportunity. Those of you that are serving in different capacities, I keep thinking of the ladies that do all this decorating, all this food, getting everything ready. Some people say, oh, well, that's all it. Hey, they are doing a great thing. Because of them, more people are coming to the services, more people feel welcome, and more people are encouraging our pastor. You know, pastors like it when there's a few more people coming or a few visitors. So these are the wonderful blessings that we all need and know too. It says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, what, I, that, that's kind of hard to understand if we faint not. How does God use fainting? Well, in Isaiah 40, or Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah 40, verse 28 through the <clears throat> 31, hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not? He doesn't faint. God doesn't faint. Neither is weary. He's not weary either. There is no searching of his understanding. God is not. He just continues. And just think of how long God has been about it. Since the very beginning. And he was there even before the beginning. And so we begin to realize uh, 
Let's continue. We have no excuse. Oh, but Glenn, I've got, I've got sore feet. Yeah, we have sore feet. My knees don't work very well. My arms don't work. My back is hurting and all this. We all have those things, don't we? But we don't let those stop us. We just continue on. Neither is where there is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. And we say, oh, yeah, I'm just not strong enough. I'm just only... It says in the word of God that he giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases strength. It's for some reason, wherever we look in the scripture, God has an answer for us, doesn't he? Maybe it's sometimes we don't want to hear those answers, but he is one, he's the one that increases our strength. He gives us the power. And even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. There will be those that fall. We do see that. But according to there in chapter 6, uh, it tells us to uh, bear one another's burdens. And it says for us to, uh, if a man be overtaking a fault, which he spiritual restore such an one with the spirit of meekness. And so he's, God has the answer for each and every one of us. And uh, I know uh, when we were preparing to go to the mission field, it's like, we'll never get there. We'll never get there. They've got to go to school. They've got to learn something. And so I do that. And then go out on deputation. It seems like it never ends. And you must be the 10th person that's called me this morning to just take my name off you. you know, and so you hear this. You're discouraged on every hand and everything. But eventually, God does it, doesn't he? God allows you to meet with the people that can be a help. Ours was J.W. Poole. J.W. and his wife and all, they're all in heaven today, but uh, he knew people in Texas and Louisiana and Mississippi. I didn't know, and so we just swapped names and we got some support. But God works in wonderful ways. Let's us meet people that are about the Lord's work. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not God doesn't want us to faint. Uh, we had a man in England. Well, that's actually these boys, four boys' dad. And he would had something wrong. He would just collapse in the floor. And that he could hear everything. He said he could not move any of his limbs or his head or he couldn't talk or anything like this. And they'd make fun of him because they knew that he could hear them if they'd be making fun of him. But uh, I thought, I don't want to be someone that cannot move about, someone that cannot use the the opportunities that God gives me to be used for him. And to, but to see that God has wondrous opportunities for each and every one of us. Uh, uh, we were in England. We could have, well, I said, we said, well, don't have enough money to pay a preacher. Don't have enough money to have a church building. But God already had it planned. We didn't have to write and ask people to send us any money. God already had the building. Yes, we, it cost us about twenty, well, about thirty-five hundred dollars uh, to get the lawyers to draw up the paperwork. But God had the building there for. Then we spent about twelve thousand for fifteen thousand on the building. But it's a lovely place to meet. And as far as a preacher, God said, "Okay, it's time, Glenn. Uh, you can hardly walk anymore. Get up and get out of here, because I've got Kevin Cowdery and." Kevin has now gone to another place, and Darren Reeves is in the, taking the church. These are all Englishmen. And so I said, thank you, Lord, for what you've done. 
He is the one that accomplishes these things. So when we look at scriptures like, let us not be, be weary in well-doing, just make sure you're well-doing. Not satisfying old self, but well-doing. And for in due season, we shall reap. It'll all come about. Won't it be wonderful one day? Sometimes I think I, think I said, well, Lord, you're going to say, well, Glenn, you didn't do much while you were on the earth. Sure would have been nice. I gave you all these opportunities, but you didn't do very much. Wouldn't it be nice to say, God say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's what we would like to hear, isn't it? Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Because he has done everything. Not just some things. Lord. He has done everything for each and every one of us. The life that we have, the health that we have, and all that's going on. And seeing uh, God work miraculously among us with little, uh, with little stone. And how he's progressing so wondrously, miraculously. And we see how... He's working in the lives of others. Bruce Case with his, the heart problem. And there's uh, Butch, Butch. And Butch said, well, I had to fly. The, what is it? Uh, something, the surgery. Well, they just opened his old chest up to do the, the surgery, heart surgery. And all this. And how God is restoring and lifting up and using and allowing us to be used. And to see that the young people are coming in and learning about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said, praise the Lord. Continue use this. Lord, what is the next place you'd like for us to go? We thought we were going to Estonia earlier this year, but it, that was filled, filled with someone else. But God has wondrous opportunities for us all. Let's not be weary. Well, I'm tired. I know you. After a good hard day's work, Uncle Norman says he had his 97th birthday, and he got out of the hospital from having colon cancer. He's doing well. They couldn't figure out why they kept him in eight days. He said, you told me I was only going to be in here three to five days. And so he said, well, we didn't think you could get out of, out of bed, Mr. Howard. And uh, he said, look here. He just gets out of the bed. And they said, well, you probably can't walk very good. He, they give him a walker. He does it three times. He says, I had to keep picking that thing up. He said, just give me my stick and we'll be fine. So they let him come home. And so he's home and he's cutting the grass. It's, this has been, well, has it been six weeks? Not quite six weeks yet. And he's back home. He's cutting the grass and the hedges and all like this here. And I said, but Uncle Norman, you need to slow down. You've kind of got a few birthdays. I use the word birthdays. It sounds better. He said, uh, Glenn, it's just a number. Uh, yeah, you're right there. I can write a nine and a seven just like anyone else. But the wonderful thing is he, he tends to his wife. She has Alzheimer's and she, has, uh, uh, she can't hear, so he fixes her breakfast, fixes her up, dresses her and does this. His brother has, who's younger, he's only 93, and his wife, they have dementia, and so he goes and gets the shopping for them, the groceries and things too. I said, that's wonderful. If he's not getting weary, why should I get weary? Let's pray. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your love and your blessings. We thank you, Lord, for your word that stirs our hearts and helps us, Lord, to see those things all around us, those precious souls that have not heard or not understood or not trusted you as yet, Father. Help us. Give us the opportunity, the words, Lord, to share with them. And Lord, help them to be thirsting after you. Father, we ask you to bless and use each and every one for your glory. And Lord, help us, direct us in the next place you'd have each of us to be. For we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
I was supposed to read some other things too. But remember, love, security, redemption, and victory. That's what God just gives us a little reminder of what he's done and is doing in our lives. We're going to have a closing word of prayer. Then uh, we're going to ride the bus with some children. So if anyone, if the Lord has spoke to anyone about serving him, you say, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to serve the Lord. Well, I think most everybody here does know. The young people, some of them don't yet. But the thing is, if you have any direction in that way, let's pray one for another. We know Miss Peggy has, and she's got, she's got things to face her, and she needs lots of patience. She needs lots of strength. She needs lots of encouragement. I guarantee you that. So please, let's pray for one another. Sunday school teachers, bus workers, all the different ones, the, the ladies that do the decorating, all those that do the speaking and all. And I know several, several of you are in pain most of the time. The singers that we have here, the talents that people are using, they're so wondrous. So let's remember to remember to pray for one another. And if the Lord is speaking to you about something, why not share it with the pastor? I know a number of us here would be willing to speak with different people. But whatever we can do to be a help, I know of people who have been in such different dire straits. My mother was for years and years and years. She was in until my father and my stepfather died. And I told her, 1 John 1 9, Mom, why didn't you let me know before? I could have shared to them. What sin? Can God not forgive? What sin can God not forgive? There's only one, isn't there? And that's the sin of unbelief. And so we need to realize God works in lives. Don't let any of these things make you weary and keep you from accomplishing and going about what God has for you. Age is no problem, is it? Look, there's some of you that are older than I am. Two of you, I think. <laughs> That's about it. But anyway, ages, no, no, three. I'm sorry, Brother Milford. I know you've got a couple of birthdays before me. But uh, it's so good to be with you all this evening. So do, God bless you all. We'll have a closing word of prayer, thanking the Lord for his time together. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we do love you and thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this time we can be together, the wondrous time of fellowship around your word. And I pray, Father, that you'll strengthen us. Just rejuvenate us. Give us that strength, Lord, that we need. Give us those opportunities that we can use. And, Lord, wherever you'd have us to be, Lord, take us and use us. Father, we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And you're dismissed. Amen.